Got to open up my source material for today. I've got the God Story for Me Bible storybook, which is a bit of a mouthful. Um, so this is my first time serving the church in this capacity, so just want to say, uh, bear with me. Um, and remember what it says in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 3, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I have nothing else today. I hope that uh, me talking a lot helps you grow in perseverance. I know it's been quite the opportunity for my wife. Um, I also want to say what I think a few of us have said so far. This is the Kids Sunday, so kids run around. This is, this is family time. Um, it's pretty relaxing. And kids, I hope you will be actively involved today with me. I will need your help at various points. Um, so today I want to talk to you all about the story of Gideon. Um, kids, has anyone heard of the story of Gideon before? Can you raise your hand? That's one, Charlotte, Aiden. Any, anyone else? Okay, a few others heard of the story of Gideon. What, what do you remember about the story? Can you shout it out? God, that's great, Kate. That's actually probably the first one. Um, anything else come to mind? Eliana, you remember anything about Gideon? No? All right, well, this will be good then for today. We'll brush up. So when Chewie asked if I would preach today, I immediately thought of the story of Gideon and then how in some ways the story of Gideon parallels to the story of our church here at New City Fellowship. Um, so I'll, I'll be reading from the storybook Bible occasionally, um, and there should be some pictures on the screen taken from that, so no copyright issues. Um, uh, for the adults, if you want to follow along in your Bibles, you can up to open up to chapters 6 and 7 of Judges. Um, and uh, yeah, look, uh, actually with that, let me go ahead and pray, and then we, we can jump in. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, the opportunity to gather here today this morning to read your word, uh, to learn from it, and to know you more that we might learn how to love you more and, and live a life worthy of the calling that you have already placed in our lives. Um, Lord, I pray that as I speak, it wouldn't be me, that it would be you speaking through me. In your name, amen. All right, so I'll start off reading from the, the storybook Bible. So God's people were not obeying God, and now they were in trouble. The Midianites were stealing their food. God's people were hiding because of their fear. They finally asked God for his help. God sent an angel to Gideon. The angel said, God wants to help you get the Midianites out of Israel. So in the Bible, we see that Israel had been sinning and not paying attention to God for seven years. That's how long it took them to admit that they needed God's help. Kids, do you often have times where you think you can do it all on your own strength and you don't need help? Yeah? You've done that before? Kate, I'm loving this engagement. This is exactly what I needed. Um, have there ever, and, and do you, Kate, do you think sometimes you need then to go ask your mom for help? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we don't know exactly, but when Israel calls for help, the way the Bible describes it, um, it seems that God responded quickly. In fact, the Bible says, when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord on account of the Midianites, the Lord sent an angel to the people of Israel. God was waiting for his people to call out to him. He wanted to help, but it was important that they recognize their need for him first. So when the angel comes and talks to Gideon, the Bible tells us that he calls him a mighty man of valor, and then says, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. At first, Gideon doesn't really believe that God can use him to save Israel. Gideon says, how, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. Does anyone know what the word clan means? Luciana, any ideas? Yeah? Not quite. It's sort of like a family thing. Does that help? A, a clan with a C. Yeah, well, plans are good. You got that one right. 
Does anyone know what clan means? It's sort of like the, uh, the extended family structure. So the parents, the grandparents, the aunts, the cousins, sort of that whole network of the family. Um, a lot of times in the Old Testament, we see it also called the tribes, the different tribes of Israel. Um, <clears throat> so Gideon is saying that his family is the weakest clan or tribe in all of Israel, and that of that tribe or clan, he is the weakest member. Um, that means he's sort of the weakest person around, right? He's the weakest in the whole tribe. His family's the weakest in the tribe, and he's the weakest of the tribe. That means he's sort of the weakest person that God could have talked to, right? Um, isn't it kind of strange that the angel calls him a mighty warrior? So do you think that God can use people, weak people, to accomplish his goals? Aiden, what do you think? Yeah? Okay. I think so, too. The Bible is full of examples like Gideon, such as Moses or Jeremiah, um, people who considered themselves weak, um, but became heroes of the Old Testament. Not because they suddenly became strong, but because they decided to trust God and let him work through them. This is the first point I want to make this morning. Our God is a God who we can trust. When we, call, uh, when we call on him, he answers. Maybe not in the way that we expect, but in a way that is more than sufficient. I hope this is encouraging to you. When you feel weak or powerless, remember that God uses people just like you to accomplish wonderful things and to build his kingdom. To all the adults in the room, this isn't just a nice reminder for the kids. How often do we remember this and reflect on it? Um, and how often do we end up trusting in ourselves anyway? If we look at more established churches in our region, and there are several, <laughs> do, we, do we think of their success in sharing the gospel in their communities as a direct result of their efforts? Or do we see it as a result of Jesus working through, their, through sinful people just like us who decided to trust Jesus and follow him? In our personal lives, I encourage all of us, starting with myself, to not be afraid to call on the Lord when we're struggling and facing difficult circumstances. I don't mean to suggest that life is all peaches and cream uh, for those who call on the Lord and follow him. We see countless examples in the Bible of times where following Christ is anything but easy. Um, in fact, most of the Bible seems to be that way. Um, but we also see how Christ transforms those people and the burdens of the world fade away such that Paul and Silas can sing even while imprisoned. Psalm 55:22, which I think we have on the screen, Robert, um, encourages us by saying, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let your righteousness be shaken. We can trust in God to care for us. As a side note, Manasseh was one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Note how Manasseh and Manassas sound familiar. Some attribute the name Manassas to a Native American influence, while others attribute it to a Jewish innkeeper with the name Manasseh, um, who also lived in the area. Regardless of the, the origin of the name Manassas, it can be helpful to picture New City Fellowship as a church with little influence in an area so dominated by powerful people and organizations all around us. Hopefully that's not too hard of a stretch for us to imagine. Um, <clears throat> so much has happened at our church over the past year. People have left and our church has changed. I confess that there have been many times where I didn't think our church would survive, much less could survive. Um, and on our own strength, we can't survive. If we think that we can make church happen on our own, then we forgot who it is that actually builds the church. When Will preached on Matthew 16 in the summer of 2021, uh, he reminded us that Jesus is responsible for building his church. Not us. In fact, uh, oh, sorry. Um, in fact, uh, we, those who have been called out from this world to be his chosen people, are the very church that Christ uh, came to build. Not a building of uh, brick or wood, but of flesh and blood. Matthew chapter 16, 18 goes further. It says, I, Christ, will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Uh, we'll explain that the phrase gates of hell will not overcome it does not just mean that Christians are now safe and protected from the evil that lurks about. While this is true, what Jesus is really saying is that there is no gate or door 
that is strong enough to keep the mission of Christ from breaking through. We aren't being called to hunker down and let the storm pass. We're being called to join Christ on mission, to share the gospel with those around us that there might be more saved from the gates of hell. This doesn't happen by accident. It isn't in our natural disposition. It takes effort and intentionality to trust in God daily. When I think of people in the Bible like Queen Esther or Moses, or in this case, Gideon, it's easy to forget how unqualified uh, they might have felt when they were starting out. Um, let us be encouraged as we reflect on their example to trust in God anew each morning and take us through the day. Jesus will build his church. It is ours to trust in him as we submit to his lordship and labor alongside him. All right, let's continue with the story. So it says, at first, Gideon was stared. He asked God to show his power by making some fleece wet and then dry. God did, and then Gideon bravely obeyed. So Gideon knows all the wonderful things that God has done when God brought Israel out of Egypt, all the different plagues, uh, going through the Red Sea, being lost in the wilderness. He even saw an angel of the Lord face to face, but he still didn't believe God. He, he put God to the test, something the Bible tells us not to do, to convince himself that God would be strong enough or powerful enough to protect him and save him from the trials to come. Yet, instead of getting angry or impatient, God gently deals with Gideon and answers his tests. And in some ways, Gideon had it easy. The angel of the Lord came to him and told him exactly what to do. Wouldn't it be nice if that happened to us? While that doesn't normally happen today, we do have God's word recorded in the Bible. That's how we can read this story today and learn from it. As we all grow older and seek to understand how we can follow Jesus, it's important that we study his word and learn from it. Just as we are going to do this morning, and pray, uh, and pray to him regularly. How can we expect to get to know someone unless we spend time with them? Now, Gideon is ready to fight. He calls a big meeting with all the Israelites and gathers a big army, 32,000 people. We learn later that Gideon was about to face an army of 135,000 people. That means for, there, were every, there were four Midianites for every one Israelite. Um, do you think that Israelites and Gideon can win? Kids, any, any uh, predictions? Charlotte? You think yes? All right. I like that. That's good. I think you know what's happening. Um, okay, so I, I'm going to need all the kids that are willing to come up here with Diego. Can you guys all come up? We need some volunteers here. Yeah, come on. You don't have to, no raising your hand, just come on up. Charlotte, yeah, come on. Aiden, you want to come up? Oh, come on, Aiden. I've got a special part for you. So if, let's go stand over here. You, you guys are going to be Gideon's army, or really God's army. Oh, cute. Yeah, you guys want to stand over here? Yeah. You can come up too, Eleanor. You want to come? Are you get a little squirrely? All right, guys, let's, let's go over and sit with Diego, or sit by Diego. Let's go to this side. Come on. There we go. All right, this is not a very strong army. Do you think we can get any more help? Aiden, I think they need a little more assistance. All right, that's fair. Teddy, do you want to come up? Do you want to come up, Teddy? Ah, oh, there's Coda. All right, cool. So Diego is like the Midianites, and the kids are sort of like Gideon. He, Diego is big and strong, and, and the kids are kids. Um, <laughs> do you guys think, excuse me, do you guys think that if you put all your strength together, you could beat Diego in an arm wrestling competition? Oh, yeah. yeah? Do you guys want to try? All right, so put, everybody put your hands and see if you can beat Diego. You got to put, put all your hands together. Yeah, you going to help? Can you see the hands? Can you go help? Eliana, we might need your strength here, I think. Yeah, let's watch out. 
All right, last call for anyone else to see if we can help beat Diego. Yeah, come on up, yeah. All right, so I'm gonna count to three, and then we're gonna see what happens, all right? I don't really know where this is gonna go. Hopefully nobody gets hurt. Um, all right, one, two, three. Oh, they're beating Diego, okay, all right. All right, well, so stay, stay here for a minute. We're not quite done. Um, so I'll, I'll keep reading in the story. So Gideon gathered men to be soldiers, but God said there were too many. So Gideon said, if you're scared, you can go home. So many men went home. So is anyone kind of tired and they want to take a break? Does anyone want to sit down? All right, so Code is leaving. Do you want to sit down, Charlotte, or are you okay up here? I didn't even do anything. All right, well, yeah, you can go sit down. It's all right. You want, you're, you're, you're good? All right, can I get one volunteer to sit down? <laughs> All right, so Coda left. So that's the first half. Uh, <coughs> so, so the Bible tells us that 22,000 people, you coming up, Eleanor? We're supposed to be sending people back. Um, so, the, so the Bible tells us that 22,000 people left Gideon's army when he said they could leave if they want. Um, that's more than half the army, which is admittedly not represented here. Um, so imagining that there was only half of you, do you think you could still be Diego in an arm wrestling competition? What did you say? That's all right, yeah. So, if, but if there was only half of you, do you, half of you guys, do you think you could still win? No. Yeah. You think you could still win with only half? That's pretty bold. Okay, so let's see what, what God says next. Yeah, all right, so, so God told Gideon, there are still too many men. This is after supposedly half of you left. God wanted Gideon to know that God would win the battle, not soldiers. So Gideon sent even more men home. Okay, so I need everyone to go home except for one person, or everyone can go sit down except for one person. You want to stay? Okay, so... Well, how about you rock, paper, scissors really quick? <laughs> Bear with us. Technical difficulties. Now, four-way rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> All right. Sort of like a sudden elimination, I think. All right, down to sisters. All right, so we have one volunteer left. Okay, so now you're going to arm wrestle Diego all by yourself. Can you give it a shot? Oh, you wanted to stay here. You want the rock, paper, scissors. Just, just try really quick. <laughs> you can have Co to help you. <clears throat> all right, can you help? One, two, three. Oh, there we go. All right. All right, so thank you very much. Thank you for the applause for them, um, and thank you guys for, for coming on up here. So um, initially, half the army goes home, 22,000 people. That leaves 10,000 people. God says there's still too many, so Gideon sends more home. That leaves 300 people, which is a very small army. That means for every one Israelite, there are 450 Midianites, um, which is pretty tough odds. Um, so let's, let's keep reading the story. So it says, then God told Gideon just what to do. He gave everyone a trumpet, a jar, and a torch. So if you were going to battle, would you bring a flashlight and a flower pot, Charlotte? You would? I don't, I don't trust those instincts. Aiden, would you bring a flute or a trumpet maybe? What about a piano? Yeah, probably not, huh? Um, so, so let's, see, let's see how the rest of the story, this, the story finishes. Certainly, we don't always understand what God tells us, what, what we understand from God. Um, but I think it's a good thing that Gideon was able to trust God in this situation. So the men circled the Midianite camp. In the dark, they lit the torches. 
They covered them with the jars, and then at Gideon's signal, everyone broke the jars and blew the trumpets and shouted. The Midianites heard the noise, they saw the lights, and ran. Gideon and his men chased them away. God saved his people just as he promised. God did not need a big army. So the Midianites got scared and ran away. Why do you think, uh, kids, why do you think God wanted to make the Israelite army so small? Charlotte? Who is stronger? Okay, any other thoughts? Luciana? Yeah, I think, I think he wanted him to trust God. So God is really strong, right, Charlotte? And, and Israelites, there's a lot of enemies, right? So God wanted to make sure that he got the glory. If the Israelite army was small, then there's no way that they could take credit for winning the battle. They told their friends that they saved the day by themselves with flashlights and flower pots. Their friends would never believe them. The friends would know that it was because God is strong, that he was in control, that Gideon's army was successful. Sometimes we need to be reminded that God is in control and that things don't always, uh, aren't always about us. They're about God. What is this? Um, <laughs> that's the second point I want to make today, um, that God deserves the glory, not us. Uh, sometimes God thins the army so much that we can't help but give him the glory. Um, this is one of the reasons that God uses people that the world calls weak, that his glory might be on full display, that we might in turn glorify him. Psalm 145 verses 2 through 4 says, Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commands your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. Oh, she's hiding. That's exciting. Quite the show. Uh, when I look around the room today, the people gathered here today, I think about how awesome God is and how he has cared for us and guided us as a church to where we are today. How else is a church with no formal or established leadership or concrete vision to rally the congregation behind survive? We can trust in him. He is worthy of our praise. We can't make church happen on our own. We can't live good Christian lives on our own. And we certainly can't save ourselves uh, from the punishment of sin on our own. When we try, we inevitably fail. But we don't have to rely on our own strength, and we shouldn't try to. Even while we were still rejecting God, he sent his son Jesus to live among us. And not just live among us, but live a perfect life that, we might become, that he might become a perfect sacrifice for us, sinners. Jesus' willing sacrifice on the cross redeems us before God that we might enter eternal fellowship with him. Jesus won the ultimate battle against Satan, and his victory enables us to conquer the power of sin in our own lives through the power of the Holy Spirit living within us just like in the story of Gideon. The gospel message isn't about what we can do on our own strength, but is about what Jesus has already done for us. We've been set free from sin, not free to do whatever we want, but we are now free to live in response to Jesus' sacrifice, empowered by the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. Paul says in Romans 6, 18, that you have been set free from sin and have now become slaves to righteousness. This is how we can overcome the seemingly impossible. If you aren't a Christian and don't have a relationship with Christ, know that this freedom is available to you as well. When Christ died on the cross, he died for all. If you're at all curious about this, I would encourage you to talk to me, Chewy, or someone else here at the church uh, after the service, and, and we'd love to share more with you about that. When we first found Gideon at the beginning of the story, he was scared and afraid. Yet the angel of the Lord calls him a mighty warrior because God knew what Gideon could accomplish if he put his trust in the Lord. Perhaps in years to come, we'll remember this time as a church, and as Psalm 145 encourages us, what we read earlier, uh, share what God was able to do here at New City Fellowship with the next generation. As we go out this week, remember that we can trust in God to care for us, 
and that God delights in using people like us to accomplish his purpose and to magnify his name. With that, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for um, just, just the opportunity to gather together, to worship together, um, to, to share in this life of faith and community together. Um, I pray that as we gather together that your name would be glorified, that you would be made great here uh, in Baldwin and then in Manassas and in the region around. And Lord, I'm thankful for the ability that our church has to participate in your larger picture um, with the churches here in the area and with churches all around the globe. Thank you for your church. For, for who you are and what you've already done for us. In your name, amen.